pals, we are back and we are coming. We just finished week five of Isn't She Lovely? That's right. And so we have been unpacking right, this series on the church. And so it's been this this great time just really to dig into God's word, mm-hmm. um, to just hear both from the message on Sunday, um, just conversations we've had, uh, again, to hear from Tom Craig and oh, yeah. Amber Schaefer and just unpacking uh, just the the perspective that, that they bring as as part of this congregation for sure uh, yeah part of this church and just hearing the way in which um, God has just worked in them oh yeah uh, and just great conversation about that um, and so coming to a close there's just been so much um, and and probably one of the things um, that, that I know we've tried to to sit with I think is a question that maybe we've never people haven't even asked because they don't even know i should ask this yeah. um but this idea of um and, you know, and brandon un- unpacked some of this for us but i'd love to just hear us talk a little bit about this idea of so god is the god of seasons yeah and so sometimes there are seasons where um for whatever reason someone leaves a church mm-hmm. um you know and and in this you, I, I grew up in Akron, so but I've been yeah. on staff here at NCC pretty much my entire adult life, which is um, wild. But, Why don't you can you quantify yeah. that just for for yeah. giggles? Like, what is that exactly when you say your whole adult life? Yeah, so uh, I started when I was like twenty. I'm about to be yeah. thirty four here in in mid May. That's so, awesome. Um, yeah. And so it is, is this weird thing for me of like this is where I'm at. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously, I grew up in a church in Akron. Uh, right. My wife actually grew up here. And so she has yeah. this funny, like, this is, this is all she's known. Um, you know, and, but, but for some, um, they, they leave for different reasons. Right. Um, and, and sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. I know right. you are from, not from Ohio. No. Yeah. And you've been on staff here. It's four years. Four years. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. what this comes out, it'll be almost four years on the nose. It's pretty wild. Yeah. I mean, so my background ironically is not too dissimilar minus the chapel. Uh, The crazy part is like I grew up in central Virginia. Mm -hmm. Um, My family was kind of like in the weeds in some of like the very Southern, you know, Bible belt scenario there. And so we, we all like all of us, my up to my grandparents literally moved at one point when that church was being started and there were some other organizations Mm -hmm. around it. And so I would say like the wild part is, is like so much of my life was, you know, very much like wrapped up in the one church that I worked for prior to uh, coming to the chapel. And so uh, like all that to say, um, you know, you mentioned this idea of like growing up in it. Right. And so um, there's always like these weird things that kind of are entailed with growing up and stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm sure like you could say it too. It's just like the way you see things when you're younger uh, kind of informs a lot about how you feel about things when you're older. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I won't go too far into that. So, I mean, talk about your experience, uh, and then I'll, I'll ping pong it yeah, back to me yeah. to see kind of what, but, but again, like you said, like God of the God of seasons. So before yeah. I, I rattle it off there, you do, you've kind of broken it down into two segments that, you know, pastor Brandon essentially has as well as you just know, when do you know to stay? When do you know to go? But we're not necessarily saying, Hey, since you still work at the chapel, when do you know it's time to leave this yeah. place? But yeah. more so it's just like, you know, how have you known uh, through maybe some of the more difficult saying that seasons? Brandon would like bust in. Yeah, right. He would. Uh, but, but how have you known um, that the faithfulness to the church is worth it? Yeah. I guess that's a better uh, way to put it. Well, and I think even that, that question, like when we look at that, um, I think first, probably something where, where 
I have stayed, but I think even the different perspective God has given me of like, sure, there's faithfulness to, um, to a church and yeah. there's faithfulness to the church. Yes. And so I think there's yeah. some of this, like we need to remember that, um, if you've been hurt by someone in a church, totally, um, you haven't been hurt by the entirety of the church, yeah. his church. And I think that's something that maybe I didn't realize, um, mm-hmm. at, at times where, um, where there were hard seasons yeah. here. And, and to be honest, there were times where, um, where I was like, I, I just can't, Yeah. uh, whether it's that I don't want to, cause I think if we're honest, I think there's sometimes where sometimes some of this starts with, uh, I don't like this yeah. and it's more about me than me actually sitting with and like praying and For fasting sure. and saying, Jesus, are you calling yeah. me out of here? Um, and, and so I think even some of that is, as I look back, um, I look back at things where, um, I think sometimes we have expectations of, you know, we, we talked last week, this idea of diversity in, I think there, there are seasons sometimes when we leave because we get confused and think as though we are going to in a, a pastor, um, in a staff, in a congregation that mm-hmm. they are going to be the fullness of God. And uh, so I think yeah. sometimes we get hurt because we place expectations on people yeah. or a local body that they can never be. And so some of that is yeah. like, we're hurt yeah. because we are expecting them to be something they can't because they yeah. are not Jesus, right? You know, they may have been saved by Jesus and redeemed, but they're not. And, and so yeah. I, it took me a long time to, yeah. to learn that one. Well, the, the crazy, so I just want to comment on something. It, it's, it's crazy. So it's weird that you brought that up. And I know I just wasn't even thinking about this. So one of the things that, um, like I'll say my wife, Hannah and I, we've mm-hmm. been married uh, since March 9th for 10 years, which is mm-hmm. wild to think. Cause Congrats. we think, That's yeah, well, a, when you have kids, decade. time just yeah. like flies, it's like crazy. It just immediately expedites, especially when you have, you know, uh, twins as your yeah. first couple yeah. of kids. And so <laughs> the wild thing is that the, the few times that Hannah and I have been able to do premarital counseling with people, mm-hmm. the conversation comes up often. It's just like holding your spouse yeah. at a unrealistic standard. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when God is not the center of your relationship, ultimately you begin yeah. to place the spouse in a position of expectation and reverence that you should yeah. be reserving for God. And so when they fail you, why are you mad? Like they're, they're, they're not going to live up to the standard that yeah. is impossible. Um, that's not to say that we shouldn't have standards, but it's to say that be realistic on the fact that we're all in a process. Um, so do yours just equivalent here. Okay. Why do we look to the church to behave like God himself? And that's not to say we shouldn't have standards, and it's not to say that we shouldn't consider the possibility that we're supposed to be all spurring us, spurring each other on to a better way and a better way of inviting people into the grace that we've received. But when the church doesn't look completely perfect, you just took a bunch of imperfect people to serve a perfect yeah. God, but that doesn't make them perfect people by consequence. Well, and so, and I, I think like to answer your question, and, and we've talked about this is we have this false idea. Um, I want to make this up, but it's this, the consumer mindset. Sure. Right. And so it's, well, I'm here and you are going to give me this. Yeah, and if right. you cannot provide that, then I'm going to go right. someplace else. Cause that's what we're so right. used to of, yeah. well, right. I bank here because of right this right. interest rate or this is where I got my insurance <laughs> because I pay yeah. less. And if you can't do that, I'm going to go here. Yeah. This is right. You're taking too long. So I'm not going to go to this right. coffee shop anymore yeah. because they don't make my drink the way I like it. Mm-hmm. And we carry that, I think yeah. subconsciously and 
we've never been asked, is yeah. this actually the way in which we are to view each other in Absolutely. the church? Yeah. Because honestly, we probably aren't supposed to view each other that way in the world once yeah. we're in Jesus, but yes. we, we don't push into that. And yeah. so I think that's some of it of yeah. this that has trickled into this. Yeah. Well, you're the pastor or you're the, whatever your, your role is. Yeah. And I think you talked about this some of, right? We see right. people for their role. Right instead of for the way that God has worked in them and, and maybe even mm-hmm. to bear with them in moments of we recognize that we are not done being sanctified. Yes. And right. so we have these seasons and we need to say maybe right now um, it's this, right? It's, we miss that we're, we just want to correct people sometimes. Yeah. But Paul also talks about like, we need to pray for, to encourage, yeah. right, to, to build up. And so we don't yeah. get to do one without doing all of those. Absolutely, we yeah. We miss that. And so I think that's hard. And I think we some of this plays into why, why for most of us, it's really hard to understand and discern some of those seasons. Yeah. Um, I think even being honest, like for us here to understand, like what, what does it mean to be in trial and tribulation? Yeah, um, Because sure. I've never... I've never woken up um, with threats in my life yes. because I'm following Jesus. Yeah. Um, yeah. When we're threat afforded. To, threat to freedom versus threat to life is different. You know, and I, I was yes. this when I was right after I graduated. So I was late graduating as a senior just because I was late going to kindergarten, but going to India, um, leading like this youth conference thing. Sure. And so one of the villages, I remember there are guys that had been driven out of their village yeah. um, because they were trying to proclaim Jesus. And so literally had almost died and they wanted to sit and listen to a bunch of like seniors from Akron area, Ohio. And I remember like me and my buddy saying like, you should be telling us about right. Jesus. Absolutely. But it was this idea that because of whatever, I am somehow like on this higher level. I was like, I don't know. It's like, right. I have never been driven out of my hometown. Right. Got on a train and then wanted to sit and like worship and Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I think even in that it can be hard. Yeah, but we have to recognize that that God has placed us here. Yeah, um, in this space for this season. Yeah, and there are times where seasons do end. Yeah, um, and so you know, maybe if we could press into that a little bit, um, mm-hmm. I think remembering well, this, like God's faithful throughout, and so yeah. whether we make choices that maybe were wise or, or weren't wise, that he is the God that redeems yeah. um, and works all things for his good and for his glory. Yeah. Well, let me take the buck for that for a second before we completely transition yeah. to what a what a good idea of bouncing to another church is. Because I think that you just like brushed up against perception. Like yeah. perception is a wild thing. I think that Satan uses perception to literally get us at us to make mountains out of molehills. You know, I don't think that statement mm. exists for, for yeah. not, it means yeah. something. I think that, you know, when you're in places, like you said, where your, your freedom and your life are threatened, like yeah. your ability to worship is not explicitly all that's at, at, stake yeah um it's literally your existence and you begin to think in desperation how do i get into a community of believers because i need god it's not a matter of does the coffee taste good it's a matter of who cares about coffee like we're dealing with the the basis of what this is in, in faith in jesus and so i think that using that as a springboard like i'll just say that like um in the same way I can't fully say that my freedom or my existence was threatened under the like, you know, thought of of faith being my guiding rudder. Um, one of the things that I'll say, so like I mentioned this idea, and just to tee it up, I'm just gonna spoil it. Say that in hindsight, 
I can't fully say that if I were to redo my life over and know some of the things I know now that I would have made the choices I made relating to moving to the North Can Chapel. Like, it's yeah. great that we're here talking. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm super excited that, you know, we're having a conversation and that this dialogue is happening so yeah. people can hear what we're talking yeah. about. But all to say is, like, the premise of, like, mountains out of molehills, mm. I think, is very, like, real in my mind. Um, you know living in Virginia and being a part of things. I mentioned this idea of how yeah. when you're younger, a lot of times yeah. you're angst and, and how you see things yeah. growing up yeah. in the briar patch, you kind of see things a certain way. Um, and like we've talked about before, sometimes God gives convictions to you that other people don't immediately have the moment that you do. Yeah. Um, and that's not to say that you're wrong or that they're wrong. It just means that sometimes we all need to be mm. brought into the fold and, yeah. If, if it's a worthwhile endeavor, sometimes you have to take the time to explain it. Um, I think that a lot of my reason for leaving was because of that. I was so, it was a me thing for sure, right? Mm. I think that when you really break down what the basis of church should be, um, Pastor Brandon has talked about a ton of stuff yeah. relating yeah. to this concept of uh, dogma, doctrine, and preference, right? At the earlier portions of like us doing touchpoint for this this series. Yeah. He broke that down. And then in an earlier portion, almost I would say like what, a year and a half ago was yeah. the first time yeah. he mm -hmm. brought that into conversation. And so with us, North Canton Chapel being a non-denominational church, yeah. you get this really interesting stew of different things, different places. You know, it's not in all of us are constantly looking through the lens of okay, what is dogma, what is doctrine, what is preference? Yeah. And knowing that we approach this idea of church through the beautiful lens of non-denominational, <laughs> you know, how are we stewarding those first For two sure. things the best? Sure. You know, dogma and doctrine. And so um off of that though, the dogma and doctrine sometimes informs what level of ministry we do, mm. right? I think that our emphasis on global missions is very apparent. Yeah. Our emphasis on, you know, the, the Great Commission is very apparent. Um, we want to have as many irons in the fire for that as we can, and we try to do that. We have, yeah. you know, between working with Refuge of Hope and a variety of other local opportunities, we do that just as much here as we attempt to try yeah. and do with missions partners yeah. abroad. Um in the same way too, you know, why do we care about the next generation? Because the Bible very strongly yeah. states that that is a yeah. thing that Jesus would care for, is that rearing this next generation to extend the gospel beyond the moments and days in which we live. And so all of these things we start to see, but if there was a pie graph, right, <laughs> do we have it for each year, maybe in retrospect we could do this, is there a pie graph that says how much of what thing gets what at what time? Yeah. You know, no. And each year we start, we hope for, a certain like level based on just whatever we've quantified, but how is God going to act inside of that? Yeah. And how is God going to move within you and me and, and our, you know, missions and group life, pastor Alex and everyone else that's on yeah. staff, John Mangrum, our yeah. care and counseling pastor, each person, every time we walk into a new year of ministry, doesn't fully know what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, and we just ebb and flow with what God has for us. But the real trick here is that we're always working within a church of people that have an idea about what the right idea is. Hmm. And 
that's tough. It's tough. And and when um, people's experiences of other churches that they've seen and they've been like, man, that's fantastic. That's amazing. I love yeah. how they do this ministry this way. Um, or I love the worship that was yeah. this way. Mm-hmm. You know, man, that was great when they did that key change in that one song. Man, I loved the choir. Man, the way the person led that song or this song on that day. I think that so much of what we have impacted in our lives in the past sometimes dictates how intense we are about things for how people should be doing things in the yeah. future. Um, and so rather than continuing to ramble, <laughs> um, my whole thing was, is like, I just had a strong passion to reach young people in a way that I don't think I ever made super clear to other people. Mm. Um, you know, it gets into this whole thing of like being a part of certain things and seeing certain pains and certain hurts. And like I said, sometimes God will convict people, um, over certain things that not everybody else sees clearly yet. Yeah. Um, and who are we to get mad when people don't understand what they don't understand? Right. Yeah. Um, I, there was, I, this will be the third time I've referenced this in the last month, uh, in John Piper's book, desiring God, he talks about the idea of spiritual maturity yeah. and this idea of don't be mad at babies for wanting milk, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's biblical just as much as it is just yeah. like a punk rock way of saying, why are you getting mad at people? You haven't brought them to a position of understanding mm-hmm. and they haven't done the, you know, spiritual scripture work yeah. to understand what the better way is. Um, and realistically, I would just say that as I'm looking back on my time, having moved and and been here now sitting with you, I think that patience <laughs> is such a amazing virtue that mm. Western culture does not teach. Mm. And I would say that the God of the Bible is patient with us. Yeah. <laughs> he He's patient in our sin. He gives us grace when we don't deserve it. And to your point, when you said all the things you said about how we sit in a church full of, you know, people that serve a perfect God, yeah. but we got to realize where we are at in this process. Yeah. Um, I think if we forget that we're all working towards better understanding what God's call is on our lives, better, you know, being crafted into what God would have us be fully seeing that the giftings he gives us is what we should rest our identity in and not just the songs, the, you know, everything like that. And and I think, I think, you know, even as you're, as you're talking about like, right. So convictions, I think sometimes we can confuse, um, is this something that God has entrusted Oh, the North can yes. chapel to, or is interested me. I think, I think sometimes that's, what's hard of like, if we're waiting for a local church mm-hmm. to do something, I think that's why we get frustrated or leave. Cause like, well, you should do this. And there's something about like, if you are a part of the church, you don't need yeah. like my branding or my stamp. And I think that's yeah. sometimes where we have set, but then it's like, if it's actually of God, mm-hmm. he's going to make it happen. Yeah. And so I think there's that tensions and nuances of like, what is, just the reality yeah. of like institutional yeah. church and, and what is this where yeah. God has placed his burden and trusted these specific people to you mm-hmm. maybe as an extension, but that, or I think sometimes we feel it's like, that's something I've always been about. Like yeah. you don't need to wait till someone can make room in their schedule to sure. show up to a Bible study here with them. Like you have God's word yeah. and you can s- sit with them and you can, you can step out into that. And we want to come alongside, you know, that's like equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. Yeah. The work of the ministry doesn't have to happen inside this physical location, right? Absolutely. Going back to Amber talking about that it's beyond yes. just a building. Yeah. Um, and so that's good, but I think you're right. It, it is really hard when, because we do have this conviction yeah. that 
is from the Holy Spirit. And sometimes we just have never been shown or taught mm-hmm. how do I how do I hold this rightly in yeah. context of the church as a whole when maybe it's something that here over here, because um, I think it can be, I, I'm going to be disobedient if I don't step into this, yeah. but then we can also become frustrated and then maybe like sin against our brothers or sisters because we get mm-hmm. mad because, well, why don't you care about this? Yeah. And we miss that our good father entrusted this work to us yeah. in this space. And he also maybe entrusted this different space and these different people to them. Sure. And we're not in competition. Yeah. We're just working different fields right. for the same harvest. So in the kind of thing I, I wouldn't, this obviously isn't a disagreement. It's just mostly a call to consider from the way that sometimes people perceive church, especially larger ones, right? Mm-hmm. Like North Kent Chapel is not a small church. Yeah. I think we sometimes like lose sight of that when we're in it. Um, yeah. But when you are considered, I forget what the percentage and definitely it's probably not right now, but if you're a church over 300, you are in a severe minority yeah. uh, in yeah. this day and age. And so the real kind of thing here is like, you know, if I were a kid and I said, you know, what do I want to do with my life? Oh, I want to be, I want to play football. There's an organization that comes to mind. Right. Mm-hmm. I think I want to play in the NFL or, yeah. you know, I'm going to go to college. And I'm going to play, you know, and, and so in the same way, there are a lot of things in culture that tell us that if we want to get anything done, we got to do it the right way. Mm-hmm. And if we want to get anything done, we've got to do it a certain way that it's an affiliation and in line and consider yeah. it to a certain thing and in a place. And, you know, if you want to do, if you want, and this is why the, the crazy part of like, um, you know, you can be a fantastic Christ following disciple making person and not work in a church. Yeah. And I think that sometimes we lose sight of that. Mm. Uh, but along with that too, exactly what you're saying, it's just like, there is this innate like impulse for us to think that if I'm to do anything of significance in a ministry context, I need to get in touch with this pastor, with this thing yeah. and this affiliation. Yeah. And so to kind of like bookend my whole thing is like, I believe that prayerful consideration about if you're wanting to leave at all is legitimate. But more than that, it's just like, what am I actually like, let's distill it down into like some action steps. What am I actually throwing a fit about? And is it breaching dogma or doctrine? Is it like faith breaking what's happening here? Or is it something that's preference? I wish they did it this way, or I wish people would pay more attention to this stuff. Um, because ultimately there are some things that you're saying, Matt, and that hopefully I'm saying clearly here is that like, I think we have more capacity with the Holy Spirit and more drive and calling that God puts on us than sometimes we give ourselves credit for. Um, and we lean onto the church to make up for that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not, I wouldn't explicitly call it consumerism, but it's like a stunted production of what God could yeah. be doing in you. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good word. Um, so as you sit with, so maybe someone's sitting here listening, um, looking back now, and I'll share this, like, what what do you wish you could, you could speak to someone who maybe is, maybe is questioning, um, yeah. like, do I, do I stay, do I leave? Um, mm-hmm. Or maybe they're still dealing with, um, maybe they're dealing with wounds because they they maybe feel like, I stayed when I should have left yeah. or, or I left when I should have stayed. Um, yeah. yeah. Is there anything that looking back now and obviously not like we're not old, we're yeah, just yeah, older. Yeah. yeah right, right. Um, but 
But yeah, is there anything that looking back that maybe someone listening just like questions that you would ask or prompts to to pray or anything like that as you look back if someone's sitting in maybe one of those spaces? Yeah. I mean, the first thing I would say is just like a church is more than one action or initiative. Mm. Like things can be done one time a way that isn't the most exciting, but it doesn't mean the whole thing is falling apart. Mm. Um, and that's where it's just like, look outside of your own moment for a mm. second. Um, you know, when you're really in and pursuing being a community driven part of yeah. the church, it's not going to fall on whether the success, failure, interest, or disinterest of a thing happens. It's going to fall on your whole perception of what's happening. So I would just challenge, like, first off, and this normally when people are frustrated and want to leave, this isn't really the greatest thing to say. What is your involvement? Hmm. Right. What's your yeah. involvement? If you're, if you're, if your hands aren't dirty, yeah. Why are you mad at the people that are working the field? Like, yeah. Like, what is that about? Um, but that's just like a general. Like, hey, consider where you actually are at in the process. Um, but bigger than that, like prayerfully ask God, you know, is what ha is happening at this church, is this is this you? Is this you? Um, unfortunately, there are sometimes, and, and Tom Craig mentioned this, this idea of being sleepy. Yeah. Uh, if you didn't hear that, you know, two, two weeks ago, he spoke about that. But beyond that, sometimes it's more than being sleepy. Sometimes there are some not awesome things that happen. Um, that are maybe swept under the rug and, and there is a, a discontent towards things that are happening and it isn't being addressed appropriately. And it does feel like you would be doing the family of believers a disservice and yourself and your family and everyone involved by letting it continue without somebody saying something. And that's not, I can't speak to that situation specifically, but I think it's one of those things that if you've prayed through the idea, yeah. um, and you know for a fact that there is no interest in pursuing the right thing at, for the church at large, I think it stands to reason that that could be a reason, but I can't speak to that. I would just say yeah. that if God is at the center of it all, despite what a couple actions might be, then it's worth at least getting to the core and being involved in the things that are that are worth being involved in. Um, as speaking so vague, but I would just say in yeah. hindsight, especially as like, I grow out of some of my stuff is just like, I need to slow down. Yeah. I think we, we sit in a, in a culture of people that just move so fast and don't consider a whole lot in the wake of like, go here, do this. You know, yeah. you made a comment about customer service and how customer service is, is not really how we should be thinking about the church. Right. And, yeah. um, I think in a lot of ways I was quick to make decisions and l complete mm. life upheaval based on how yeah. not expedited uh, some of the things I thought were mm. a big deal were being dealt with. And yeah. I don't think that was fair to anybody, including myself, And yeah. if I'm being honest. And so I think as a active community member of the church at large, but also a church in the individual community yeah. you're part of, um, you owe it to anyone else to be slow to act, but all the same too, it's just like, considerate of what actually is happening uh, yeah. with God and not explicitly just with the one moment you're frustrated yeah. at. Yeah. No, and I think that's good. And I think, you know, so I, I have spent my, my tenure of ministry here. Mm -hmm. um, and so I've looking back, I see like, yeah, I was young, like yeah. I was 20 somethings, uh, right. Me and James Talbert back in, in students and stuff. And so there's a lot we didn't know. 
Um, we were trying and looking back on, there's some situations I probably didn't handle well. Um, mm. But I also realized like, you know, when you look at this idea of like the church as a whole, um, it was really easy for me to paint those who left or whatever. Um, if it was a situation where, right, sitting with, I didn't believe I had done something wrong, but letting people paint a picture is really easy to slip into mm-hmm. bitterness. And I'd say something God's still working on me is helping me see this reality of like, even in those moments where you do have that, like to remember, like if God's got a season still working, that at some point, am I going to let him move me into a space where he deals with maybe yeah. the bitterness or unforgiveness in my heart? And I think sometimes like that's really challenging. Yeah. Wherever we find, whether we've stayed or whether we've, we've gone is to figure that like, okay, right? Sanctification, it's still mm-hmm. this ongoing process for me and that person that maybe wronged me or right. I've wronged. And so do I seek forgiveness, but do I also... If someone is still in that spot, you know, I think that was a moment where um, I, I I remember walking in the hall here and getting almost triggered because of, I was like, I know what that person has said about me. Uh, yeah. But then when I actually let Jesus do something, it was interesting. And this isn't me. It was only the Holy Spirit because it was this different, almost like this, right? Um, Brandon talked about this idea of like care and concern. And it was like, man, I don't feel mm-hmm. the same intensity. And it was just like, oh man, mm-hmm. I hope they let Jesus do right, right. the same thing to them that Jesus has done to me that I so needed because I didn't realize, right, the life to the fullest I was missing mm-hmm. when I was harboring that bitterness and unforgiveness. And it's really hard because those wounds that people have done, those things, like those are real. We're not discounting that. But I think that's some of the the hard reality of if we're holding God's word yeah. and that he's calling us to walk in him and grow in him, there will be a season and maybe it's 10 years, maybe it's 20 right. years, yeah. but, but at some point if, if I'm never, um, and I think that's the important of even like, like Sabbath and rest and being oh, yeah, still there's to, that too. to right. stop. Like you talked about like Reflection, going so man. fast, like I feel that. And, and I think that's why we don't like, cause then when we're slow, like <laughs> Jesus actually gets to speak yes. into the parts of us that he wants to. Yeah. And I think that's where we need when we're better um, as a church to come together and see the beauty of, of who he is, that he's so much better mm-hmm. um, than anything that we're, we think would be be fixed if our frustrations were answered oh, yeah. all those things of like, we see the beauty and that God is still working even uh-huh. in the midst of that, that he's the God that redeems and restores. And I think sometimes it doesn't mean that we weren't rightly frustrated but right. maybe sometimes we can miss like that that awe and that sense that God is still working and yeah. God is still redeeming. And I'd say that's something I can see just because I've, for whatever reason, I've <laughs> right. been here all these years yeah. and and it's cool seeing people or, or spaces that I would have spoken wasteland over sure. that, that God has begun to plant seeds right. Right, and cause them to grow. And so yeah. it's this beautiful thing where it's like, oh man, like Jesus forgive me because I would have written this off. Yeah. And I've forgotten that you are the God that is still active and moving. Um, and so, yeah, no, yeah. just thanks for sharing and um, speaking to that. And I think there is beauty in specifically if if you're someone who's, man, like younger watching or yeah. like our age, like here's just real, like you can slow down and like you yeah. can pause on all the content and like just sit and, and be still. Um, There's that. And I, if <laughs> I mean, if you're young enough to be even like considering your position in the church, like to the point of, I, I don't know, almost to the point of almost frustration, I would tell you stay 
involved. Mm. Like the amount of transiency, in other words, like the amount of yeah. people that are just dipping and diving over to other mm. churches with whatever the next great thing is, is like as a 32 year old that's like watched it, it's just not worth it, man. Mm. Like I think you, you're going to create habits of disconnection if you haven't already, that are going to extend into your adulthood and extend into Mm -hmm. how you deal with your marriage. And that sounds weird to say that, like, how you deal with your church is going to be, you know, representative of how you deal with other relationships, but I think it's real. Um, And I would just say, yeah, I think that it's good in some ways, and and always, I shouldn't just say in some ways, it's good that God can look at things that you're saying that if it were up to me, I would have condemned yeah. it or put, called it wasteland all of, all of these things it's good that god does that because he does that with us yeah it's just a larger extension of what he already does in a biblical context for us and the fact that we can look at that and say that that is true is a yeah. big deal and so out of that it is like what i said if you're younger and you're at a position of like ah it doesn't matter what i tie myself it does it does matter yeah. um because just as much as you think you don't need to worry about that, I guarantee you you're going to wish when you were older. It sounds so old manish, but you know what I'm getting at here. Yeah. It's like there is a lot of wisdom in staying around, and there's mm. a lot of wisdom that can be learned through the people that have stuck around if you would just mm. be willing to do it too. And so, mm. yeah, mm. but now, nah, man. So, I mean, I know you were trying to bring this whole thing to a close. I feel like we could go on, especially if we got more specific, but we probably wouldn't want to record it. So all the same, um, you know, Matt, I, I really have appreciated the, the time we've taken yeah. to kind of like break it down backwards and see, you know, exactly our opinions and experiences on, you know, what we maybe have done in the past that we didn't really love. And then maybe what we have been, you know, looked back on and didn't think was super valuable, but then all of a sudden here we are on the other side and it it was worth it. And so, yeah, yeah, this series, you know, just like Matt was saying, uh, you know, if you're younger, I think there's a lot of time to invest into the church. And if you're older, you're probably listening to us going, well, duh, guys. Yeah. (laughs) Um, um, But this series, you know, Isn't She Lovely, I think addressed a lot of stuff. Um, It is a series that could go on for a long time if we wanted to break it all down. But I think that the time we spent in it was was well well done. Yeah, exactly. And we're moving into a series that will go on for a long time. (laughs) Ephesians are going through the whole book, starting mid-May all the way through the summer. But I'm super excited. I love. Yeah. Yeah. Ephesians two eight through ten. It's going to be my favorite verses. So yeah. Yeah. When we get to Ephesians four, I'm very curious where we get with some stuff. Anyways, but all to say is that uh, you know it's going to be a fantastic series. So come along for the ride for Touchpoint. We're going to be stuck in Ephesians for a good while in a good way, not stuck in a bad way but yeah all right catch y'all then